1: Welcome in. This is the happy hour, 93.7 The Ticket, theticketfm.com. We are still live at the Lincoln Business Expo here at Pinnacle Bank Arena. This is the last hour that we will be set up and broadcasting live, but the expo does go until 3 p.m. today. Come on by. Uh, You can register to win 30 free 30-second commercials. Uh, courtesy of us here at 93.7 The Ticket We're also sitting up next to Beatrice Bakery And teammates as well uh, You can come on down At the end of this hour We will draw the winner For a 5 pound tin of fruitcake So make sure Now this ain't any any, ain't any ordinary fruitcake, Rico This but ain't no again, ordinary fruitcake Nick Sander And on back in the studio First time I get to see good old Rico And his cool looking fade today Rico, what's up? I'm doing great. Heller, everybody. Heller, there it is. Thank you. I'm, I'm out of my sorts. I'm out of my comfort zone. I'm, I'm usually in the confines of the studio, uh, sitting across from you. But here I am in Pinnacle Bank Arena. You got the little New York jer- jersey on. Right?
0: Got my got my Derrick Rose last year's City Edition New York Knicks jersey on. It's pretty cool. You got Excited. the you got the
1: advertisements and everything. So those are real.
0: Yep. Got the got the Squarespace. Got the Man. got the NYC with the Nike swoosh.
1: Man, do you remember when I wore my Kobe White Bulls jersey in and you guys just continued to give no, me crap? No, it was a Michael Jordan inter- one, wasn't it? No, no, no. DP got me a Michael Jordan one because... Oh, I thought you uh, had the
0: the the NyQuil uh-uh. Jordan.
1: No, 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 no. I have. I had a Kobe White one mm. that was not a real jersey. It was not a real jersey. I bought it off a of DH gate for like 5 bucks. And because here's the deal. When you're in college, you don't want to have a nice jersey. You don't want to. But here's the deal. So, so you, you guys had the just silent, you the
0: silent night, not exactly. the Kobe White.
1: Exactly. You had the silent night. So, <laughs> um, you guys continue to give me crap. So I, that's why I'm like scarred for life of wearing jerseys into the into work now because I feel like I'm just gonna get flamed every time I do. You just gotta get a real jersey. That's all it is. Yeah, maybe. Um, I did see that the Cubs site, the Chicago Cubs site, was having a sale of 65 percent off. So I might have to.
0: Mm, hey, go get I know. you a Seiya Suzuki.
1: Seiya, the other Shohei, the uh, next Shohei Otani kind of jersey. Um, I don't know. Maybe. Uh, maybe I'll have to get. I don't know. They probably don't have a Kosuke Fukudome one anymore, unfortunately. But speaking of baseball, Rico, your Yanks won last night. How about that? Yeah,
0: they did. The city of New York was lit.
1: Yeah, they were. Um, it's like they, in, they won the, the World Knicks Series. Yeah, I'd say the Knicks play tonight.
0: The Knicks play, I believe. It might be a Madison Square Garden. I thought it was at Memphis. I'm not sure. They, but they play the Grizzlies. Open the season yeah. against Ja Morant.
1: How about that? How many dunks is Ja going to have? Over, under, six and a half.
0: Uh, under.
1: Over, under, three. Under. Dunk attempts. Maybe I should make dunk, dunk, that attempts, dunk attempts, like a million. A million. All right, cool. Uh,
0: dunks, under
1: three. Okay, sounds good. Jalen Brunson's um, going to lock him down. Interesting. Oh, they right. might throw
0: R.J. Barrett on him. I'm not is
1: sure. This the, is this the first year you guys have Brunson? Yep. Okay. Jalen Brunson making his it, appearance. From, from, from Starting from lineup. Mavs.
0: So Quentin Grimes isn't playing, unfortunately. Starting lineup, I believe, is going to be Brunson, Fournier, Barrett, um, Randall, Robinson.
1: Mm. That's not bad. Uh, Julius Randall is probably going to get dealt here, isn't he? Uh, he said that he is,
0: you know, better than. I'm not sure exact. I don't remember the exact what wordage. Is, what is better? I don't remember wordage. the exact wordage. He's working on not being, you know, he didn't say selfish, but everybody else kind of says like a selfish player. He's going to work on getting the ball down the court, not trying to dribble, you know, getting the rebound and dribbling it down the court. Uh, he's working on playing off ball. He, he knows he's not going to be the focal point. Um, he's not going to have to run point forward anymore. So he's just been working on his, his the other aspects of his game outside of just, you know, one-on-one.
1: How, how do we think um uh, excuse me not Julius Zion Williamson is going to return
0: he's such a freak athlete and have you seen the pictures of him he's lost weight yeah he's, he looks he's great. lost weight He's he looks the fantastic. favorite to win MVP yeah i wouldn't uh I wouldn't go with that but I, I you know I would probably say you know comeback player of the year or like most improved player he, he, he could probably win that um, I expect him to come back with a bang probably He'd definitely easily average a double double points rebounds yeah. um but I don't know, the, the, the Pelicans played pretty well without him, so it might be a little weird for him to assimilate himself back into the lineup.
1: Yeah, exactly. Uh, once again, you guys are welcome to chime into the show wherever you may be, 402-464-5685, the Honda of Lincoln Hotline, the Starter Heyman text line, as well as the video stream also sponsored by Starter Heyman, Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, and Twitter. We're, I'm here down at the Lincoln Business Expo. Rico's back in the studio Rico, okay, so there was – I'm sure you were listening a little bit Mm -hmm. to the conversation I was having with myself uh, (laughs) in the final segment there. Listening to you talk to yourself. Yeah, a little bit. And so regarding the whole coaching situation and and why there's, you know, people kind of – Husker fans kind of live just live in the moment to a certain extent. I want to get your kind of thoughts on that because Sanderson said on the text line, I know most people in the ticket want Mickey, and God forbid you mention another name. But the fact is Trev is going to continue to do the search and talk to several people before making a decision. Other candidates will be interviewed. He isn't just going to stop the search after a one-point win against Rutgers. And I guess Sanderson, that's what, I understand that and I'm, I'm glad that that's how Trev is going to operate. Because if he didn't operate that way, then how would you know that just stopping with Mickey Joseph is the best, or best decision or best option for Nebraska football? Obviously, the, the Mickey Joseph idea, is it's, it's its enjoyable to think about. It's another former player. You, you, he is in good, not good graces, I should say, but has a good, strong relationship with the athletic director and Trev Alberts. But I don't think it's bad for me to say this. I don't really care who the head coach is. As long as it's somebody that always has the best interest for Nebraska at heart, then I'm okay with it. I mean, like, as, you... as long as uh, – sorry, one, one second, Rico. As long as they operate – in a, in a professional way, and they always have the best interest for Nebraska football and that athletic department at heart, and just put a little bit of effort into it, then you're going to be fine. Like, I think that you're able to be successful here because of the resources, because of the outstanding support.
0: It's not like we're we're saying that they're going to just automatically, you know, hire Mickey, but we are saying that, you know, there's a good chance that if he continues on the path that he's going on, if the team continues on the path that they're going on, that there is a chance that Mickey gets hired and right now that's it it would be in really an extremely easy transition, just based on what, what the players have said, what the coaches have said, and just the overall feel around the program with Mickey currently at the helm. It would be the easiest of transitions to just you know remove the interim tag and make him your your you know next head coach at Nebraska. Yeah. But. I, at least for me, I'm not saying that he's you know, automatically handed the job, like, here you go. I am saying he is currently the head coach, so I'm going to talk about it as if he's going to be the head coach in the future. But they hired a national search firm. Trev Alberts said that he's going to speak with other coaches. Uh, so I, I'm, I'm going to operate as if Trev Alberts is speaking with other coaches, but 100%. that he's also communicating with Mickey that he could be the next head coach at Nebraska because he currently is the head coach at Nebraska. So I'm not operating under the guise of this is it, the search is over, we're done talking to people. But, you know, if you're just going to keep throwing names out there, at some point you can't throw every single head coach in the nation's name into the Nebraska coaching search. Like at some point you got to chill out and realize you have somebody right now. Sure, you're going to be looking at other people, but if the success continues – I mean, why why look anywhere else? And I know some people want to say, oh, he, had, he lacks head coaching experience. He lacks this. He doesn't. I, I think somebody texted in earlier. I saw it on Twitter that hiring Mickey would would be a bad idea because he doesn't have the, the type of connections with assistant coaches or around the coaching circles and yada, yada, yada. And I, I'd like to debunk that because he's been coaching for a very long time. He is a national champion he's a national champion coach. He was coaching wide receivers at LSU when they won their national title. He he was a head coach before at a smaller school. I mean, his brother is brothers are coaching in the NFL. He has so many connections across the coaching circles, whether it be you know in the NFL or in the college ranks with assistants or other head coaches. Yeah. That hiring him wouldn't be a terrible idea i mean he yeah. has the ear of the players he has the ear of the recruits you've seen how how great of a recruiter he is and how much he's beloved by his current team his current players and his current staff that if you were to keep him on i i don't see how that would be a negative
1: well you always have i mean here's here's one thing i will add because um, i there's been a lot of questions on why a search firm. why does nebraska always hire a search firm um, and number one, Nebraska doesn't do it, also it's a very smart thing to do when you hire a third party search firm. A lot of the times what the third party search firms will do, they'll work out all the legalities. Now here's the deal, when another, uh, uh, there's a sitting power five coach somewhere else, your sitting head coach at any institution, there's contractional, contractional, uh, like agreements and, and stipulations on, on who he can talk to, and, and there's little fine prints in every single contract. Basically, what the search part, the third-party search firm, will help out with, is it helps with all the legality, the legal talk, the, all all those little stipulations. They work around all that so that Trev Alberts can have these conversations legally with the the mm-hmm. sitting Power Five head coaches, um, and, and so that's kind of where it is. It's not necessarily saying that. It's not necessarily a a, a third party going up to Trev Albert saying like, hey, this is a really good guy for the job. That's going to be Trev Albert's decision, and and, and down the road we'll find out. But what the third parties will usually do is figure out how to get in touch with the agents of sitting Power 5 coaches, work through all the fine print, the legality side of things. Um, so that Nebraska doesn't get sued or doesn't get in trouble from other institutions for talking to sitting Power 5 head coaches who already have jobs and who are currently in a job and tied with a contract. So there's a little bit of red tape there. That's normally what the third-party search firms will kind of work through. But it, I, I agree with you, Rico. Um, it's, it's interesting because you always talk about strengths, and, and this will kind of be the last thing that we talk about regarding head coaching stuff. But you talk about strengths with Mickey Joseph, and and we know definitely the building relationships aspect is a a major strength for Mickey Joseph because he knows how to relate to the players. He understands what they're going through. He knows how to um, kind of orchestrate and build a foundational relationship from the bottom up. And I wonder at times, you know, is, is that what the head coaching responsibility is of anybody, mm-hmm. right? And we think back to Scott Frost specifically, and he's not a great example because he didn't win games. So maybe it is time for a change or to go the complete opposite. But do you want that the guy that's working best with relationships and has, you know, is, is exceptional at building those relationships, do you really want him being in a CEO type of role? Or, or would you rather him be an associate head coach rather? and actually be involved in practices every single day and be involved in in more and more meetings and and with relationships with the players, I truly don't know the answer. I truly don't know the answer. um, But I do know that I trust Trev Alberts immensely to to figure out the right choice.
0: Yeah, yeah, I I understand that. But, you know, just because you are the head coach doesn't necessarily mean you need to hit that CEO. Like if you're not the associate, just the regular head coach doesn't necessarily mean you have to be that CEO type. In a, in a role like that, when you are the head coach, if if it does indeed um, go to Mickey Joseph, he can still be heavily involved in practices, heavily involved with all of the players. And then he could, you know, find himself somebody who, and I, I don't know how this all works, but this is kind of something that I imagine is he finds somebody who, you know, represents him in a yeah. better CEO type role, if that's something that he doesn't want to do. I, I don't know. I do understand that one time, and everybody made a big deal of it, when he said uh, one time that he didn't really enjoy doing the, the press conference type stuff. Yeah. but if he could find somebody who could not do that stuff because he's going to have to but you know go to these these you know luncheons and do the talking I mean he's still going to show up and, and be present because that's what people want is the head coach for Nebraska football at these things but if you have somebody that can do the talking and, and be more of the mouthpiece for Husker football that's that's also something that he could do and he could keep himself involved in the meetings and involved in the practices involved in in the day to day you know goings on with Husker Football on with these players because that's that's something that he is extremely good at is is you know involving himself in the play in the players' lives and and knowing you know everything about them and being able to to what's the word I'm looking for connect with them on a on a on a on a stronger basis.
1: Well, and, and I agree with you there, and, and we're getting a lot, and I guess this would be a good segue because we're getting a lot of questions or a couple questions on the text line about Brett Bielema. Multiple people have have texted in about. Good old Bert up in uh, Champaign, Illinois right now because of his connection and his, his strength being Big Ten football, right? Mm-hmm. Heavy ground-and-pound game. And, and here's one text that we got. I, I need to find it. here. Oh, so it's Mike. Mike texted in, do you think Trev would look at Illinois coach Brett Bielema? Um, and then Big Bird asked, does anyone think Brett Bielema is on the table? It would be a pretty good fit, has a Husker style of ball, and has proven to turn a program around and win in big games. Now I want to take a piece of Big Bird's text because here's an interesting thought. What is Husker style of ball? What is it? Is it a, I mean think about everything that we've gone through as Husker fans watching Nebraska football over the last couple years. And this goes, this transcends Scott Frost even. Mm -hmm. Mike Riley you had a pro style kind of offense to where you brought in Tanner Lee from Tulane Thought he was going to be a huge addition. He throws he really, really well gonna, in shorts. He was he was going to be able to sling the rock around. He throws Chantier really well Lee. in shorts
0: with no pressure.
1: Exactly. And that was kind of a bust. And that was when you had Divino Zigbo on your roster. Then you go into Scott Frost and you have this whole idea, this mentality of Big Ten is going to shift to us. It was working for so many years at Oregon and then UCF and wherever else. Scott Frost has been. He's known coaches. He has a lot of connections to all these, these NFL t- uh, minds and the, the, the strengths of the NFL, mm-hmm. and it didn't work. And so, like, I would ask, we, want, we sit here, and I think it goes back. I do not care necessarily what style of football Nebraska plays. I don't. But if you want to run the ball, if you want that to be your style, act like it. Act like it. If you want to establish a running game, DP is in the house. Oh, DP is looking for a nice oh, little shirt got, and everything. Oh, he got there quickly. Holy smokes, yeah. DP is looking fresh with a little suit jacket and everything. Oh, yeah, anyway. a little, little, little blue button up. Yeah, a little blue blue button, yeah, looking fresh. Anyway, if you want to have your identity be running the football and establishing a strong running game, act like it. That's what all I ask. Whoever the coach is, and, and, and that starts up front. Because year after year, Now now here's the thing, Rico. I have to admit, during the Scott Frost tenure, my mind was kind of clouded a little bit. I think a lot of ours were as well. What do you mean? To where multiple times, I mean, how many times did we hear, we want to establish a running game? We want to establish a running game. And and, and this was more Mm preseason, the last couple seasons. This is what we were told. Yeah, it's what we were told, right? And it was like one of those things where, all right, this year is going to be the year that they establish a running game. But now that we've kind of removed ourselves from that coaching tenure, like I sit back and I think, Why did I personally buy into that?
0: Year after year.
1: Year after year. Because we noticed that they did not focus on the offensive line. Year after year, they struggled to develop... Any consistent group. On I mean, the they es- line. they
0: established a running game. It was just a quarterback running game, exactly, which is exactly. not sustainable,
1: and, and it's not traditional. And, and that's where that's where you know you talk to a lot of Husker fans from. Well, uh, that, I mean, it kind of is traditional
0: t- if you count the option as a quarterback run game. It's just not yeah. sustainable when your quarterback is the only one doing the running and, and is taking 100%. all of these massive shots and and not being able to hand it off or, or trust that his running backs are going ab- going to be able to do anything. And that's not a shot I at agree. any of the previous running backs. It's just that when when push came to shove it seemed as if the coaching staff didn't want to put the put the ball in the hands of the running backs they would rather yeah. it be in the hands of, of Adrian Martinez running the ball
1: hundred percent and and honestly Ringo, which led to the that, ball being on the floor here's, a lot here's the yeah you have to also understand like uh, or, or realize I suppose that when a quarterback's able to run the ball there's a lot more open space and Adrian Martinez was able to make the most out of open space a lot of the times mm-hmm. and where wins are not open space you need to, have to figure out blocks you need to open up holes and this offensive line struggles over year year after year to open up holes for the running back right we look at this year anthony grant somehow was after a couple games was averaging 120 yards per game and that was with the offensive line playing poorly that was getting met you, in now, the backfield at least yeah, 10 times a game breaking you have i mean it does not help your running back and it's not a key to success when your running back has to break one or two tackles before he reaches the line of scrimmage again, it's just not a key to success, unfortunately. And so you sit here and, and, and like whoever whoever's next, and just and Trev Alberts spoke to it last night, which I think is it's why it's important to sort of bring up. Trev Alberts spoke to Nebraska needing to find an identity last night, and with that in mind, I don't care who the coach is, if it's Mickey, if it's Brett. And whoever comes in and establishes an identity, just act like you truly want it to be your identity. Because we've heard it that Nebraska wanted to run the ball, establish a running game, but we didn't see it. We Year after year, game after game, we continue to not see it. Don't
0: talk about it. Be about it. Exactly. If you're going to say you're going to do one thing, do the thing.
1: I agree. I, I 100% agree. Because... Nebraska fans I'm ready to you know we get asked on the text line we get asked at games we get asked at pregame shows of of what is Nebraska's identity what does Nebraska want to do on offense and like right now I can't tell you I can't tell you because Anthony Grant should be given he's shown the ability to get the rock about 30 times a game and be successful and be successful but you also have to keep him healthy and you also have to give him opportunities you have to give him an opportunity And when he's getting met in the backfield, one or, you know, before he even gets to the line of scrimmage, you're not helping him out. It's like you have to start two steps Mm -hmm. back before you can go four steps forward.
0: But to give him that opportunity, you first have to actually give him the ball. Yeah, exactly. If you want want to establish a running game, you have to actually attempt to establish a running game and run the ball. You can't can't say you're going to establish a running game and then, you know, hand the ball off to your running back 10 times a game. And if it doesn't work in those 10 carries, you just automatically give up. Because there are some times where, you know, it might take 15 carries before it actually starts, you know, before everybody starts gelling everybody's warmed up and ready to go. And then you see the next 10 carries go for a, a bunch of yards, and then your average goes up and you're looking pretty good.
1: Well, that's the thing is, like, here so uh, I'm just kind of thinking of things as we we have this conversation Rico I mean y- y- we get told on the text line bring the fullback you know back to Nebraska and, and I suppose um, I don't think you have to run the wishbone though to be don't, successful.
0: You don't need a fullback to, to establish a running game. I, I think it's you not just not have necessary. to
1: act act like you want to actually commit to it and, and to do that Even if the averages are lower than you'd want, right, it's either going to open up the passing game. And Nebraska, as we saw on Saturday, has plenty of weapons. They have plenty of weapons to stretch the field. And if you have opportunities in the passing game, you're going to open up the running game a little bit, Mm -hmm. or vice versa. However, it all starts up front. It starts up front. It has to. And if you would have asked me three years ago where it started, I wouldn't have said up front. I would have said skill positions. But if anything has shown me, or taught me, if I've learned anything over these last couple years, watching Scott Frost, watching this Nebraska program, that offensive line is, is so crucial to success of a program because you got to, you got you you can't start two steps backwards and then go four steps forwards. You gotta be able to start, get a little bit of a push up front. Um, and, and here's the deal, you have Nebraska, we unfortunately have not seen a sing- a little bit of push in quite some time. Consistently, I mean, yep. consistently, because yep. we saw you know there were flashes in the Oklahoma game in Norman From last year. From time to time, you you'll, where, get, where an, you'll get an
0: offensive line that looks yep. gorgeous. That looks yep. you'll get you'll get a couple plays here and there where you're like, that's the type of offensive line you need. And then the very next play, somebody will blow right by the offensive line and Casey Thompson or Adrian Martinez or whoever the quarterback is yep. or whoever the running back is will get lit up in the backfield. And you're like, what just happened? Literally a play ago, you were. You were mauling them, and you opened up a massive hole, and then you just you let them through. It's yeah. it, the inconsistency is what's killing this team.
1: Well, and what's wild to think about, Rico? Like, here's the deal: Nebraska has been so accustomed to having running, running, or running quarterbacks or mobile quarterbacks. I suppose where you go back to, you know, Tommy Armstrong, and you go to Taylor Martinez and Adrian Martinez, and now I mean Casey Thompson to a certain extent. But I think it's exploiting how bad this offensive line is. Now that you don't have a mobile quarterback like Adrian Martinez or like Taylor Martinez, not a super so mobile long, quarterback. Yeah, exactly. Casey can move his feet, but we also know Casey's banged up, and that's not his biggest strong suit is moving his feet and using his feet, I should say. However, when you have Adrian Martinez and Taylor Martinez and Tommy Armstrong and those guys, I think it covers up some of the holes or some of the, the glaring issues of just how bad, to the extent how bad the offensive line has been. In recent years, I mean, but here you, you are. You and think and about now it. How many? Casey Thompson, and he's not necessarily not even close to a sitting duck in the backfield. But man, those guys on the defensive line on Saturday from Purdue got in the backfield so quick that it looked like Casey Thompson didn't have a yeah. chance. I mean,
0: there's no, there's no chance. I mean, how many how many deficiencies did and did a Taylor or or a Tommy or an Adrian yep. cover up on the offensive line? How, yeah. many, how many times did they escape pressure and not, not exactly run the ball, but just escape pressure and, and sling the ball down the field? How well, many times was, was the offensive line maybe not the greatest or, or maybe a person or two was on the offensive line wasn't the greatest, but the fact that your quarterback was was uber-athletic and very mobile and they were able to escape that pressure, did they cover up for that and everybody thought, wow, this offensive line is great?
1: Well, and in part, and, and before we get to break here, I, along those lines, did the quarterbacks make mistakes? Yes, but think about how frequent they were having to make plays. And when you make more, or when you try to run and, and you you have the ball in your hands more, you're gonna for, you're gonna just inevitably turn the ball over more, and you're gonna throw you know fumble it more. Like, yes, there. And we don't need to get into that discussion necessarily. But the more you carry the rock or carry the pill the more you're going to fumble the pill. And it's just like At least more
0: more likely you are. More likely.
1: Yeah, that's a good idea. That's a good. That's a good phrase or phrase there. But like I just you know I sit here and I go it, it's really the, the the offensive line issues are glaring this year because you have less mobile of a quarterback. Mm-hmm. And it's just kind of crazy to think about maybe this offensive line has been this bad for a couple years now. They haven't focused on it necessarily number 1. They haven't developed it number 2 and number three we just never knew how or realized just how bad it was because it was average maybe a little bit below average last year Mm -hmm. but we also had a running quarterback a a, a number one like his first responsibility was running and he he knew how to run the football and that covered up a lot of issues I I truly think it did because nowadays we're we're seeing this to where Casey Thompson doesn't want to run the ball necessarily a whole lot And now we're starting to pay the price and we're in week nine of the season and we're going into a bye week Casey Thompson has a lot of things that he's kind of trying to recover from on top of just the normal football wear and tear of of being in practice since uh, you know since August or so and you have him going after Purdue saying listen I'm I'm ready for a bye week although I was preparing for Purdue this week I am ready for a bye week and I was looking forward to a bye week here in two weeks just to rest up I think it's very telling to where this program's at and when you say you want to have an identity whether it's physicality whether it's mentally whether it's run the football just do it mm-hmm. act like it and and that's where it's like goes back to the coaching thing it's just bring this full circle I don't care who the coach is. I don't care who the name is. If it's Mickey, great. If it's Brett Bielema, great. If it's Lane Kiffin, great. Just do it. Just act about it. So once again, we are live here at the Lincoln Business Expo at Pinnacle Bank Arena. Come on by. We will be here until 2 p.m. We got about 33 minutes left. Officially, the Beatrice Bakery folks, right to my right, are giving away a five-pound tin of fruitcake. Make sure you sign up. Five-pound tin of fruitcake. Sign up. You got don't trust me. It's not normal fruitcake. You got to try a sample. Shaking her head, saying, no, 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 no. But anyway, here we go. So make sure you stop on by. Uh, D.P.'s in the house. Vershawn's still in the house. Rick Meyer, obviously, from Beatrice Baker, The folks at teammates are a little farther down the row here. A lot of great booths, a lot of great people to talk to. Uh, If you didn't hear, Vershawn, Terrell, and I did knockerball earlier today. Rico, I know you saw the video. That was a blast.
0: Y'all don't want the smoke.
1: That was a blast. Dude, did you see? Now, obviously you saw it but i got knocked back i stayed on my feet mm-hmm. got knocked back i turn around and Vershawn's coming right back at me yeah you got
0: to finish the play
1: yeah he, he 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 played through the whistle he Vershaunt played knocker ball through the whistle it's a penalty flag you know it's just come on and Cam Juergens got flagged on it for, or called on it for uh, the game against Oklahoma last year, but it's, for Sean, would have gotten flagged mm-hmm. in knockerball. Oh, yeah, if, definitely. Uh, We were playing the official rules. So, all right, let's go ahead and take a break. Uh, come on by, register your business at our booth for 30 free 30 second commercials. You can do that here at the booth at Pinnacle Bank Arena. We'll be here till 2, the expo is open till 3 so make sure you stop on by we'll be right back continue the conversations on the happy hour sponsored by empire fence and netting right here on 93.7 the ticket and the ticket follow nick and enrique on twitter at nick underscore senior and at radio rico ac more of happy hour is next on 93.7 the ticket and the ticket
0: fm.com